Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message. With that in mind, I'll tell you a joke I heard on Smile FM. Brian, he always tells a joke every morning, and he's the biggest laugher of his own joke. But anyway, the preacher went to Mexico, and he was going to teach the Mexican kids how to sing a song. And he said, before you get uh, three, I'm going to disappear. So he said, let's go. Uno, dos, and he disappeared without a trace. I was hoping to do the same thing this morning. Didn't work. Still here. It's always a great privilege to stand behind a pulpit. It's always a privilege to preach God's word. And we always know that the servant isn't always as worthy as the word. But the word is powerful. And the word has a message for us this morning. I want to talk about El Shaddai. El Shaddai. It's one of the names of God and it first appeared in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 1 verse number 17. Let's go there. I know that we many times don't bring our Bibles because it's on the screen and that's a wonderful tool, isn't it? A wonderful tool. So we get out of the habit of carrying our Bibles But this morning, we're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures, and if you don't have your Bibles, bear with me. If you got your app on your phone or on your tablet, feel free to use that also, and we'll look at the Word of God together. Father, we thank you that the Word is truth. We're thankful, Jesus, that you are the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We know that the word is here this morning, and we pray as the word is presented, that we will not only be careful of what we hear, but that we would be hearers and doers. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 17, verse number one, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. I am the almighty God. Now that was the first time he appeared and called himself the almighty God, but he did it time and time again throughout the scriptures. And I want us to go to Genesis chapter, or Exodus, excuse me. Exodus chapter 3, and I'd like to read verses 1 through 8. Exodus chapter 3 beginning with verse number one. Here is God's message to one of his servants, Moses. And he wanted Moses to know that he was the great I am, the El Shaddai. And we'll explain that word El Shaddai in just a few minutes. But it's important for us to know who God is. If we expect anything from God, we must know who God is and what God is able to accomplish in your life And in my life, Moses had a tremendous responsibility before him. He had a wonderful birth. 
And then first 40 years, he had a wonderful education and protection in the court of Pharaoh. The next 40 years, he spent in the wilderness. And it was those 40 years that I believe God began to speak to him and mature him and make his ways complete or perfect or mature so that he could accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish. But still Moses struggled with the idea that God would use him. So God had to manifest himself in a wonderful way in a bush that would not be burnt. Although the flames were there, it wasn't burnt. Now we see in Exodus chapter three or six rather, that God speaks to him again and he assures him that all things are gonna be all right. I want you to count something with me as we read this. I want you to count the number of times you see the word I, referring to God, referring to himself. Then the Lord said unto Moses, thou shalt see that I will do to Pharaoh for with the strong hand shall he let them go, and with the strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. By my name Jehovah. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I also have heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. How many are glad that God remembers his covenant? <laughs> Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments, and I will take you to me for a people. I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians." And I will bring you into a land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it you for a heritage. I am the Lord. Now 16 times he mentions and he identifies himself. God wants to know that we know who he is. God wants us to know that we know what God is able to do. God's word is our prescription to life. God wants us to know his word so that we can apply his word, so that we can be strong not only in spirit, but in mind and also in body. Let me just take a little time and look at how he identifies himself. First of all, the Lord said to Moses that I will do to Pharaoh. In other words, he was going to talk to Pharaoh and cause Pharaoh to let his people go. Then he said in verse number two, I am the Lord. Then he reminds Moses that I appeared unto Abraham, I appeared unto Isaac, and I appeared unto Jacob. 
And he appeared unto them by the name of the Lord Almighty, El Shaddai. But at this time he wasn't quite yet known as Jehovah. Jehovah means the sovereign master. The one who always has been and always will be. The self-existent. There was no one who created him or made him. He always has been. Self-existent. I am known now as Jehovah. Notice what he has done. I have established my covenant. Verse number four. Verse number five. I have heard the groanings of the children of Israel. Verse number five. I have remembered my covenant. Verse number six. He identifies himself as I am the Lord. And as the Lord, he gives us some promises. Verse number six. I will bring you out from the burdens of the Egyptians. Verse number six. I will rid you out of their bondage. Verse number six, I will redeem you you with my stretched hand. Verse number seven, I will take you unto me for a people. What a promise. Verse number seven, I will be to you a God. There's a lot of gods, but he is the one true God, the God Almighty. El Shaddai, Jehovah, I will be to you a God. And I shall know that, or you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. Verse number eight, I will bring you into the land. Verse number eight, I will give you the land. Then he concludes this paragraph by saying, I am the Lord. Three times in eight verses, he identifies himself as I am the Lord. Moses got the message loud and clear. Slide number two. El Shaddai. We've already mentioned that there was 16 times in verse number one through eight of chapter six that he mentions who he was. God wants us to know that he will reveal himself to us. Sometimes we think we're praying to a God who isn't or is hidden or is too burdened to hear our prayers. But God wants us to know just as he wanted Moses and the children of Israel to know that God was a God to a people. Now, people mean a grouping. And in order to have a people, you've got to have individuals. God wants us to know that he is an individual God, that God is all-sufficient, that God is all-powerful, that God is God Almighty or Almighty God. Either way you want to put those two words, whichever word comes first, Almighty God or God Almighty, he is El Shaddai. El Shaddai means God Almighty. 
L points to the power of God himself. Shaddai seems to be derived from another word meaning breast, which indicates or implies that Shaddai signifies one who nourishes, one who supplies, and one who satisfies. It is God as El who helps, but it is God as Shaddai who abundantly blesses us with all manner of blessing. God desires to bless us. In the very beginning, when God created all things, what day was man created on? He was created on the sixth day, which means that everything that man had need of, God already had provided. There was light. There was darkness, day and night. Then he separated the water from the firmament, from the atmosphere. Then he created all the living plants, herbs, plants, everything he planted in its kind. Then he made the sun, the moon, the stars, so that these plants could survive. Then he created the animals and all living creatures. Then he created mankind. El Shaddai desires that he provide for his people. This was illustrated to Moses. Now Moses got the call in chapter six, but in chapter three, a messenger was sent. Exodus chapter three, beginning with verse number one. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of a desert, and he came to the mountain of God. He came to the mountain of God. Wonder how he knew which mountain was the mountain of God. God must reveal that to him somewhere, somehow. Or maybe that was the place where he went for his prayer time. You know, we all have a special place where we can go and get along with God, get alone with God, don't we? And maybe this was that mount. Now notice, first of all, Moses came. He came to the mountain of God. When he was at the mountain of God, probably in prayer or meditation, an angel came. Verse number two. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. So an angel came. Not only did an angel come, but the Lord himself came. Look at verse number four. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And then Moses answers. He answers by saying, here am I. Then God identifies who he was. Verse number seven. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry. So God identifies himself, and he says, I've seen the affliction, I've heard their cry, and I've come to rescue them. But I need someone to work alongside of me. Would you be willing? Well, 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 I don't know if I can. 
How many times have we said that? Send somebody else. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. God said to Moses, I want you. He said, I want to feel you. I want to let you know that there is a promise of filling. And God did a a miracle that day to prove that he was the God El Shaddai who cared for his people. God wants us to be filled. Almighty. Almighty God. God Almighty. El Shaddai. The one who supplies and satisfies and fills us. Little Billy's mother asked him to help her by filling a pan with apples. He brought it to her and said, it's full. I can't get any more in it. His mom thought she'd teach Billy a lesson and said, it's not full at all. Then she said to little Billy, take a quart of beans. And as he added the beans to the plate, the beans fit between the cracks And little Billy said, surely it's full now. No, it's not. She added a quart of wheat, two handfuls of flour, two cups of water. Then she smiled at her son and said, now it's full. Just when you think you're too busy, just when you think life is too full, remember, you can fit a little bit more in it. Someone said this said, don't sell yourself short. Your future is as great as your foresight. There's plenty to get excited about, isn't there? God always has room to pour more in us. I realize that the busy, busier you are, the more that is asked of you. Why? Because you know how to depart mentalize things and get her done. How many times have we been asked by God to do something and we said, well, maybe, maybe someone else can do it. Maybe somebody else should do it. Maybe I should do it. Preaching to the preacher this morning. God is able to make all grace abound and His name is El Shaddai. Slide number three. Slide number three talks about El Shaddai is the the breasted one. Sort of interesting to, to see that terminology there. And if you do a little study on that, you would find out that just as a mother nurses her infant, without that, the infant wouldn't survive. God nurses us. So that we can grow in him and get strong. El Shaddai, the breasted one. It pictures God as a strong nourisher. It pictures God as a strength giver. It pictures God as a satisfier. It pictures God as all bountiful. Let's go to a psalm this morning, Psalms 103. And in Psalms 103, we can see these characteristics in practice. I love the Psalms, you love the Psalms, and David had a heart for God, and 
David heard from God who was his El Shaddai and he wrote these psalms to us so that we could be blessed and we certainly are. Now notice as we read Psalms chapter 103, it starts out by saying bless the Lord. Why are we to bless the Lord? Well he gives us many reasons why we should bless the Lord. El Shaddai, bless Jehovah, bless the Almighty. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We see that El Shaddai is pictured as a strong nourisher. Look at verse number three. Who forgiveth all thy iniquity, who healeth all thy diseases. I've been claiming that one this week as I've got a knee that isn't cooperating with me. Who heals all your diseases? This psalm also pictures God as a strength giver. Look at verse number four. Verse number four says, let's get to where I'm supposed to be. Psalms 103.4. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. He is a strength giver. He satisfies. Verse number five, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like an eagle. He's all bountiful. Verse number two, bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all, all his benefits. We like benefits, don't we? We like pay, but we also ask the next question, what, what about the benefits? A lot of companies don't give a lot of benefits anymore. But God hasn't stopped giving benefits. Aren't you glad for that? Forget not all his benefits. He has benefited us time and time again. The Almighty first came in Genesis chapter 17, verse number one, as he appeared unto Abraham. He revealed himself as the fruitful one. The fruitful one. He revealed himself as the life giver. In fact, he revealed himself to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. We see those three terms over and over again in the scripture. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 17, verse number one. He appears first to Abraham, and he says this. And when Abram was 90 and nine years old, he appeared unto him and said, I am the Lord God Almighty. He said basically the same thing to Isaac in chapter 21 of the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 21, verse number 1, 21 1. And the Lord visited Sarah, and he said unto, unto her, And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Sarah conceived, she bore a son, and he appeared 
As the son was born, his name was Isaac. Isaac also, God appeared unto him and said, you and your generation is going to be blessed. And he passed that information on to his son, Jacob. We know that El Shaddai had promised a person who was 99 and his wife who was past the age of childbearing that they were going to have children. In fact, chapter 13, verse number 16 says they were going to have children as many as the dust. Chapter 15, verse number 5 says, as many as the stars. Chapter 22, verse number 17 says that their offspring was going to be as the sand. Think about that. Now, this care was not only promised, but this care was also delivered and it was fulfilled. It was fulfilled through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and one of Jacob's sons by the name of Joseph helped fulfill this promise that God was not only going to bless them, but give them the promised land, and Joseph became an instrument of God. Joseph, who was despised by his brethren, who was captured and thrown in a pit by his brothers, his brothers wanted to kill him, but Reuben said, no, let's sell him. God had a plan. Brought him down to Israel, I mean uh, Egypt, and there he served the Pharaoh. God was with him. And you know the story. It was through Joseph that God used to bring victory. Joseph. Then there was Moses, and the story goes on and on. Slide number four. El Shaddai, almighty, all-sufficient. The word sufficient means enough. It means more than adequate. It means to meet the need. It means satisfied. I've had sufficient. I'm satisfied. The need has been met. I've had enough. It's more than adequate. El Shaddai, the Almighty, the All-Sufficient. All-Sufficient. He's all-sufficient, first of all, for our sins. Let's go to Psalms chapter 107. Psalms chapter 107 This psalm, along with Isaiah chapter 53, is going to be two pivotal points that we're going to use this morning to share four points. He's all sufficient for our sins. He's all sufficient for our sickness. He's all sufficient for our sorrow. He's all sufficient for our shortages. Four S's. Sin, sickness, sorrows, shortages. Psalms chapter 107, verse, in one, verse number 2. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He is all sufficient for our sins. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Notice verse number one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse number eight. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse number 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse number 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse number 31. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. This psalm is divided into five sections. Write these down. Section number one, verse number one. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Verse number eight. Verse number 15. Verse number 21. Verse number 31. God is all sufficient. All through this book, God identifies and appears unto us as all sufficient. Have no need of anything else or anyone else. I, the Lord Jehovah, El Shaddai, is almighty, the mighty one. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 53. Let's tie Isaiah chapter 53 in with Psalms chapter 107. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number four. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Griefs, sorrows. Yet we did esteem and stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Notice something here. El Shaddai, Almighty, God Almighty, all sufficient. The breasted one who satisfies and nourishes us and gives us its very life itself. God is interested in us. He made us a triune, trichotomy, spirit, soul, body. Look what he's done for our spirit. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions He was bruised for our iniquity, our sins. He gave us a spiritual renewal. Not only is he concerned about our spirit, but he's concerned about our soul. Verse number five, the chastisement of our peace. He wants your soul, your mind, your inner being to be at peace. Peace. Why are we so troubled? Why are we so burdened? 
Why are we so overloaded? God is all sufficient. Our peace, our soul. And then he's also concerned about our physical well-being. With his stripes, we are healed. Do you see how God is all-sufficient? Do you see how God is interested in not just your spirit, but your mind and your body? He is all-sufficient. Let's look at the four S's real quickly. Real quickly. He's all-sufficient for our sins. Now let's go back to Psalms chapter 107. He is all-sufficient for our sins. Verses 1 and 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He is all-sufficient for our sins. What is the problem of sin? Let's go back one slide. Let's go back to slide number four. Thank you. There's a problem with God's people and it's called sin. But the problem is you're not the only one in the boat. The problem is we've all sinned. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not only is there a problem of sin, but there's power of sin. John 8.34 Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. There's the wages of sin. Romans 6.23 The wages of sin is death. And then there's the pardon of sin. Romans 10.13 For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Slide number five. Thank you, you're doing a great job back there. El Shaddai. He's sufficient for our sicknesses. Isaiah 53, verse number five, we read, and by his stripes we are healed. Look at what it says in Psalms chapter 107, verses 20 and 21. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works, works to the children of men. Healing is promised in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 15, verse number 26. I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's promised in the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 24. By whose stripes we are healed. Healing is found all through Jesus' ministry. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 23. Let's take a little journey through the book of Matthew. Jesus was not only concerned about sins, he was concerned about sickness. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 23 and I'm in Mark. Aren't you glad that Pastor Norm has the scriptures right behind you so you don't have to go through this? 
No amens. All right. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing, teaching, preaching, healing, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Chapter 8, verse number 3. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Verse number 16. And when even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirit with his word and healed all that were sick. Chapter 9. Verse number 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Wow. Chapter 12, verse number 13. 12, 13. Then he said to the man, stretch forth thy hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Same chapter, verse number 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spoke and saw. Wow. All sufficient. Chapter 14, verse number 36. 14.36 And besought him that they might not only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Chapter 15, verse number 30 And the great multitudes came unto him having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others and cast them down at Jesus and he healed them. I guess I've got probably seven or eight more to go, but the point has been made as we've journeyed through the life of Jesus. He not only is concerned about your sins, but he's concerned about your sicknesses. Then why, pastor, isn't everybody healed? Don't have that answer. I remember when my mother got cancer. Everybody come to her and, ah, if anybody shouldn't have it, it shouldn't be you because you're such a wonderful person, blah, blah, blah. You know what my mother said? Why shouldn't it be? We're not exempt. But when we are going through something, we have a healer. I've been praying for a week on this knee now. Still there. Does that mean that God's not in the business of healing? Absolutely not. Let me tell you a little story about this knee. When I was in Vietnam, I injured it. And in Vietnam, I was in the infantry, and there was no time off. Unless you were badly injured, you didn't get sent back to the rear for treatment. So we struggled with it. When I got back to Oakland, and I was getting mustered out, uh, they said, is there anything wrong with you that we need to check up before we send you home? And I said, 
I said, uh, I'm okay. I was anxious to get home. I should have went to the infirmary and got the thing checked out and had a record of it, but I didn't. My mistake. A year and a half later, I was at Bible college, and we lived in on the second uh, floor of the dorm, the men's dorm, and I could hardly walk up and down the steps. It was getting to the point where I almost had to crawl up the steps because my leg bothered me so bad. Finally, one night I got frustrated. I had prayed many, many times for this leg to be healed, but uh, God was still working on it. I was laying in bed and I said, Lord, I need some help. I said, I hardly got to bed because I couldn't get up the steps. I need some help. And I had one hand up and the other, this leg, and all of a sudden I heard a snap. And it was healed that very second. Now it comes back. It's come back on and off, on and off for the last several. Didn't God do a good job the first time? Yes, he did. The problem was I didn't take care of it properly. That's the problem most of the time when we're sick. It's not that God puts something upon us. It's we put things upon ourselves. We misuse this body. Can you imagine what we put through this body? Can you imagine how we misuse it? Not God's fault. Our fault. But anyway, God is interested. There's a pattern for healing. In James chapter 5, it says, If there be any sick amongst you, let them call for the elders of the church. This is what we do. There's a pattern. Every Sunday morning, there's a pattern. If you're sick, come and be anointed. There's that pattern. Next, slide number 6, I believe it is. He's sufficient for our sorrows. Sufficient for our sorrows. We read in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 5, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Our peace was upon him. He's already taken the pain, the suffering, that we might have peace in our soul, in our mind. One of the things that I always remembered when I was in Vietnam was the scripture I learned as a child. I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because you trust in him. I claim that scripture. Peace. God wants to give us peace. He's all sufficient for our sorrows. In sadness, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. In suffering, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Strength is made perfect. And then there's sufficiency for when we pass through the sorrows of death. There's a great promise in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. The dead in Christ are going to rise. And we which are alive and well are going to rise to meet him in the air. What a blessed hope. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to and we won't escape death unless the rapture comes first. But there is sufficiency when we're going through sorrows. Slide number seven. 
sufficiency and shortages. Shortages, shortage of spiritual fuel, shortages of soulish or peace, shortages of physical strength. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number five, by his stripes we are healed. What about our spiritual needs? Roger already quoted this scripture, Matthew chapter five, verse number six, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What about when there's shortages of material things? Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches. Think of what he has prepared for us in Genesis chapter 1 before he even created us. He had the table spread. He had the cure for every sickness. He had the cure for every sorrow. When you're going through sad times, he was there to inspire El Shaddai. Mary, you want to come to the Piano, please. What about concerning our physical needs? Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus was moved with compassion and healed the sick. All sufficient. There's a song we used to sing. And I asked a couple today if they knew this song. And they said they didn't. So I'm, I don't want to sing a solo this morning. Uh, but it's called He's More Than Enough, uh, slide number eight. And it simply goes, he's more than enough, he's more than enough. He is El Shaddai, the God of plenty, the all-sufficient one, God Almighty. He is more than enough. Anybody know that course? Nobody. Did we sing that? Oh, we got one. The guy from Flint. Yes, that's what we say at Don and Burton. I think we're going to teach it to you because it's, it's worthy. Only worthy because we talked about El Shaddai. Several years ago, Amy Grant, I think it was, sang that song, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. I want you to think about El Shaddai this week, who God is. He's the all-sufficient one. When you are going through a time of maybe thinking your tank is just about empty, think of El Shaddai. Or think of the illustration about the mother teaching little Billy. The bucket's full of apples. No, it's not. Throw two quarts of beans in. It's got to be full now. No, add some flour. Shake it down a little bit. Oh, it's got to be full now. No, it's not full yet. Throw some water in it. Now it's overflowing. Now it's full. Think about that. All sufficient. Do a study on the names of God. God is interested in you. Don't take your burdens with you this morning. Leave them here. Don't take your cares with you this morning. Leave them here. Casting all your cares upon him. He cares for you. 
If you've got a need this morning, you've presented it to the Lord. Oh, that men would bless the Lord for his wonderful works and for his goodness unto the children of men. Bless the Lord this morning. Bless the Lord this afternoon. Bless the Lord throughout the week. If there's a shortage, he's more than enough. If there's a pain, he can relieve you of that pain. If there is a need, my God shall supply. Take El Shaddai with you this morning. And when you get up tomorrow morning, say, El Shaddai, let's go. Off to wherever you need to go. Because he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Any final remarks? May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you both now and forevermore. Amen. 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 We pray you enjoyed this message. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at gaylorchurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.